Have you ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast? Or maybe what they use to keep their skin looking so flawless? Well, even if I don't know these answers, I can tell you something equally as interesting and unicorn related. Over 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot, and for good reason. HubSpot's all-in-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support so you can grow beyond your wildest dreams, boosting leads and ramping sales along the way. They even have a constantly evolving collection of resources to help startups scale. Plus, with the HubSpot for Startups program, you can save up to 90% off your first year. I'll admit it does sound a little too good to be true. But unlike that majestic and also incredibly fictitious unicorn, HubSpot for startups is all real. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot and take your growth to new heights, visit HubSpot.com startups. All right. What's going on, everyone? It's Wednesday, March 9th, and you are listening to The Hustle Daily Show. I'm Zachary Crockett. I'm here with Rob Litters. What's going on, Zach? And joining us today is Senior Trends Analyst, Julia Jenks. Julia, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. For those of you who don't know Julia, um, when she's not beekeeping, she's spending pretty much every day exploring emerging market trends. She's dug into everything from peer-to-peer insurance to construction tech. And today, we're going to go deep on the trend of people getting paid their salary in crypto. So this may seem like kind of a niche thing right now, but Julia sees an interesting future here. So we're going to talk through what's driving this, how it works, and how it could potentially play into what's going on in Russia's economy right now. But before we get into all that, let's do a quick rundown of the news. So obviously, the big thing on everyone's mind is that the Biden administration just announced a ban on oil imports from Russia yesterday. It's the latest bid to put some economic pressure on Russia and crimp its invasion efforts in Ukraine. And the U.S. imported around 245 million barrels of gasoline and crude oil from Russia last year. That's about 7% of our overall imports of oil. Most policymakers have lauded this as the right thing to do, but it's going to come at a cost for U.S. consumers. The average price for a gallon of gasoline is now at a record high of $4.17, That's up 55 cents just since last week. And we should note here that it's going to be a lot harder for European countries to follow the U.S.'s lead on this. Europe gets about a quarter of its gas from Russia. That's $285 million in trade every day. So if and when they do boycott Russian oil, shutting off that valve is going to be a bit trickier. Also at a record high, the price of nickel. The metal skyrocketed to over $100,000 a metric ton on Tuesday, largely due to supply fears related to Russian sanctions. Russia is the third largest producer of nickel in the world, and it accounts for about 10% of the entire nickel market. Zinc, tin, and aluminum also hit record prices in a market that investors say is largely driven by fear and not fundamentals. And a little good news, at least for one company, Lego revenue jumped 27% in 2021 to a little over 8 billion US dollars. The company attributes that leap to a boom in e-commerce sales, but also to its transgenerational appeal. The Lego group estimates that there are more than 40,000 adult Lego fans. And of course, those folks have a lot more disposable income to spend on little plastic bricks. A study last year found that as an investment, Lego sets have seen an average annual return of at least 10 to 11% over the past 30 years. That is a faster and stronger rate of return than stocks, bonds, or gold. All right, that's going to do it for the news. Let's move into our big story. So in recent times, the number of employees asking to be paid in crypto is increasing 10% every month. 
We've seen a lot of high-profile cases of people choosing to be paid in crypto instead of traditional fiat currencies. Julia, I'm wondering if you can set us up here with a little big picture context. What is driving this trend? Yeah, that's right. As you mentioned, the demand from people asking to be paid in crypto is increasing every single month. As you mentioned as well, a number of high profile individuals that includes the Miami mayor, Francis Suarez, as well as the NYC mayor, Eric Adams, who towards the end of last year and the beginning of this year announced that they were going to be receiving either their full or a portion of their salary in crypto. This is following a trend that started way back in 2020, actually, when a number of NFL players got their salaries paid in digital currency. And Mm. several sports clubs also announced that they would be providing the option of offering crypto as a means of payment. What's interesting Mm. is that if you look at Google Trends and if you look at the relative Google search interest in the term crypto salary, that is reaching an all-time high this month. Not only Mm. that, but VC funding in this crypto payroll space is seeing exponential growth. At Trends, we looked at some of the top contenders in the space. We actually only looked at four, and those four have cumulatively in the last year attracted almost a billion dollars in VC funding. Those are some big numbers. (laughs) Yeah, that's insane. I feel like crypto has just been getting so much venture capital over the last year. Julia, do these different players that are getting so much funding have like differentiators between them? Like, are they kind of doing different things for crypto payroll? Um, essentially, a, l- a lot of them are doing similar things. They're really geared towards international contractors. And I think one of the biggest trends driving this growth is obviously the fact that the world and the workforce is becoming a lot more remote and people are hiring mm-hmm. teams internationally. And so specifically for international contractors, so I'm an international worker in South Africa working for a year's company. And one of the interesting challenges that international contractors face is working within the SWIFT system. So as we know, SWIFT is the global messaging system that enables international bank transactions. So it's an interesting workaround, especially in the space around international payments. So I think that's something that's driving this trend. But essentially, a lot of these players are doing similar things. A lot of them are existing payroll solutions that are adding crypto to their offering, and some are dedicated crypto payroll solutions. So when we talk about getting paid in crypto, how exactly does this process work? It may seem like kind of convoluted to people who just get a paycheck deposited into their bank account every month. Yeah, that's exactly right. So there's an interesting legal question there, because even in countries where Bitcoin itself is legal, it may not necessarily be legal to pay employees directly in Bitcoin. So that includes countries like the US and Canada, which require wage payments to be paid in fiat currency. Mm. So because of this, um, how these crypto payroll platforms kind of get around this is that they offer base pay in fiat currency and then they offer a partner service. So they provide streamlined options for employees to convert their local currency into the crypto of their choosing. So what will happen, for example, is that contractors will receive pay in their local currency in their balance. So one of the companies that's doing this is called Deal. So for example, the employer will pay in fiat currency to this deal platform and the employee will get a deal balance. And what they can do is withdraw through deals Coinbase integration. And the funds are directly converted into their chosen crypto and then they arrive in their Coinbase account within minutes. 
Hey, everybody. Let me tell you about this great podcast that's available right now. Creator Science, hosted by Jay Klaus, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, which is the audio destination for business professionals. Creator Science goes behind the scenes with today's top creators. Through narrative interviews, Jay Klaus explores how creators like Tim Urban, James Clear, Tori Dunlap, and Cody Sanchez are building their audiences today. And by learning how these creators make a living with their art and creativity, Creator Science can help you gain tools and confidence to do exactly the same. I was actually listening to an episode recently where Jay had on Dr. K, who is a Harvard psychiatrist. And Dr. K helps a lot of creators with performance, burnout, and dealing with a lot of negative feedback online. It's a great hour of conversation with Dr. K, where Dr. K really breaks down what it means to be a creator today and the burnout that a lot of creators do experience and what to do when you get that burnout, because you will. And you can listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts, and I definitely suggest it. Listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, that's super interesting because the first question that I had for this was, okay, so crypto fluctuates so wildly, like your salary still definitely has to be pegged to fiat currency, right? Wherever you might be working or however your job is arranged. So it kind of has to be this subsequent transfer to get people paid in crypto, right? Yeah, exactly. And there's a big question mark there, of course, for the employer who doesn't necessarily want to be holding crypto. And so that's why these payroll solutions are an interesting integration there because they allow the employee to receive crypto if that's what they want to do, whether in part or in full, but at the same time allows the employer to just still pay in fiat currency and not have to hold digital assets if they don't want to. Yeah, I mean, uh, this may seem like a naive question, but a lot of crypto investors are all about holding. And obviously, you need cash on hand to pay for your rent and food and, you know, immediate needs. So I'm wondering how people who take advantage of being paid in crypto are able to strike a balance between paying for their media needs and stockpiling their crypto payroll. Well, firstly, there's the option to take just a portion of your salary in crypto. So that's one way I think that people are not necessarily taking 100%. Although I think it was the Miami mayor who did say that he would be taking 100% of his salary in crypto. Mm. So that's one way that people are doing this, just seeing this as a way to automatically invest in crypto. Another way that people are doing this is by, instead of choosing Ether or Bitcoin as their cryptocurrency of choice, they're actually choosing a stable coin. So a coin that is linked to the US dollar, such as Tether. Remember, again, specifically, this is for people maybe who are working outside the US who want to have US dollar exposure. So they could still have their salary paid in US dollars, although it's just that that is a digital currency, although it's pegged to the US dollar. So they kind of keep that stability by using stable coins. So I want to shift gears a little bit into a different arm of this conversation Obviously, we've heard a lot of talk about the Russian ruble declining significantly, and a lot of Russian citizens are shifting over their assets into cryptocurrencies and alternative digital assets to preserve their money. How is crypto's relationship with Russia evolving in the wake of this crisis, Juliet? So the answer to that is that it's pretty volatile. So people were watching this space very closely, specifically kind of crypto enthusiasts and people who criticize the crypto space. So, of course, when the SWIFT ban came into place, there were many questions about whether or not Russians would gravitate towards Bitcoin and other digital currencies. 
So around the time of the SWIFT ban, Bitcoin purchased using Ruble actually surged to its highest level since May of 2021. The increase was not sustained, however, so it dropped again in the first week of March. And then over this last weekend, it actually saw surge to another all-time high. It's been an interesting and, and volatile two weeks. It's worth noting, though, that the trading volume from Russia only accounts for a fraction of total trading volume of Bitcoin globally. It's not even 1%. But as I mentioned, there was a lot of questions around what was causing the surge. So there's one camp of people who are saying this is the ultra wealthy sanctioned Russians. The ones who started the war are using Bitcoin to sidestep sanctions because they want to move their money around or need money to continue waging this war. The mm -hmm. second camp is, well, no, this is actually regular people in Russia and Ukraine who are piling into Bitcoin to sidestep sanctions because they need money to live or because they want to preserve their wealth. And then there's actually an, another camp which has had less publicity, which is that the Russian trading volumes, they've actually been relatively small so far, as much as they have spiked, which suggests that the price action is more due to investors positioning for an expected uptick in demand from Russia, as opposed to the Russian demand itself. In my opinion, the most likely answer is that it's a combination of regular people in Russia and investors positioning for an uptick in Russian demand. So, Julia, you mentioned it's a combination of two and three. Is there any evidence that it's not the ultra wealthy Russians that are moving crypto around their accounts? The best evidence we have is firstly that regulated exchanges, so Binance and Coinbase and, and all the ones that we've heard of, have frozen the accounts of sanctioned individuals. Technically, these people could still trade underground, but it would be very difficult for them to do this undetected. There's a lot of liquidity issues when it comes to these more kind of underground platforms, which are generally peer-to-peer -peer trading platforms. So that's hmm. kind of the biggest indicator that we have, that it's probably not these kind of ultra wealthy Russians. What is interesting is the fact that Ukraine last week appealed to regulated crypto exchanges to block all Russians from trading, similar to what SWIFT is hoping to achieve. But interestingly, they all have refused to do that, mainly on the grounds that they're not legally required to do that. So... That's a fascinating thread. There's a bigger question there around the philosophy of regulating something that was really meant to be decentralized. So I think there'll be a larger conversation there around what would happen if these regulated exchanges were required legally to ban everyday Russians from using the platform. So it's an interesting debate that I think we'll see in the future. Yeah. And of course, just to further complicate this whole debate, Ukraine has also raised more than $50 million in digital assets, um, Ethereum, Bitcoin, NFTs to support their defense efforts. What I find interesting is that Ukraine has always been at the forefront of digital currencies. We wrote recently about the US looking at doing a national digital currency. And I think the Ukraine, if I'm not mistaken, was one of the very first countries to introduce a national digital currency. So to see them then appeal for donations in crypto and really leverage crypto and digital assets has been interesting to watch. It's fascinating to see how it's going to play out and how it is playing out really for the first time in a real kind of use case. You know, of course, there's been hype around NFTs and all sorts of other niche spaces. But this is the first kind of real use case where we'll see not just one application like NFTs, but a whole alternative financial system and how it will work. 
And of course, there's always going to be pros and cons. As I mentioned, there's going to be people who say Bitcoin allows sanctioned individuals to kind of work around those sanctions. You could also say that it's helping regular Ukrainians to actually function and move money around in a time of crises. And it's a way that countries can raise money to help their humanitarian crises. So it's just an interesting real life use case and probably the biggest one we've seen at scale of how this is actually going to play out in the future and the future of Bitcoin and digital assets more generally. Also, you know, we should mention there's obviously a very large camp of people who are highly skeptical of cryptocurrencies. Do you think that these use cases we're seeing right now in the crisis are going to change the public perception around cryptocurrency at all or open up some of those critics' eyes to some of these alternate use cases that maybe they were a little bit more skeptical of before? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, I'm a crypto optimist, also have my own skepticism, and I see why other people do too. And I think there was a stage where it was, you know, anything can go on the blockchain, put anything on the blockchain. And, you know, people say, if bad people can use crypto to do things, they maybe shouldn't exist or it should be illegal. You know, you could say the same about the internet. And this always happens when there's some kind of transformative technology is that people can use it for good and people can use it for bad. And then, you know, obviously questions around regulation. So to answer your question, yes, I think this will at least open up the conversation and demonstrate in a very real way what crypto and more specifically an alternative kind of digital financial system can look like. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for listening to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. I'm Zachary Crockett. Big thanks to Julia and Rob for joining me today. And shout out to our producer, Darren Clark, who makes the show tick. If you liked what you heard today, we've got a lot more tech and business coverage over at thehustle.co. Also, check out our Trends product at trends.co. Julia is our senior analyst on that product, and you can find a lot more of her insights over at trends.co. Catch you all tomorrow.